You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Good day, everybody. It's Ryan with Business Stories, and I'm excited to bring aboard my newest guest, Jackie Phillips, who's an author, a speaker, and a wellness coach, and a marathon runner, I I might add. So Jackie, happy Friday, and thank you for being here. Happy Friday to you too, Ryan, and thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to share with you this morning. Yeah, I'm excited too. So, you know, you have a pretty extensive background in entrepreneurship, running. Tell us about, you know, your history, your background, and how you came to be who you are today. Well, um, I grew up in a small town in southwestern Ohio, very small. My husband always jokes and said three and a half stoplights because (laughs) there was a blinker there. So uh, 49 in my graduating high school class. So very small. That's small. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was an entrepreneur. He went to college, decided he wanted to have his own business. And he opened a small theater in our small town, movie theater. Mm -hmm. And then he opened some drive-in theaters. So I grew up having a dad who worked from home, um, except when he was at the theater, which was, you know, a lot. But I didn't realize that he planted an entrepreneurial spirit within me that I didn't know was there. I'm opposite of young. (laughs) And in those days, when girls went to college, there weren't a whole lot of options. You could be a nurse or you could be a teacher. So I picked teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to be a PE teacher, but my mother said that wasn't very ladylike, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to go into elementary education, which I did. Yep. And I knew at student teaching that it was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like it. But by that time, I had met the man that I eventually married. He was going to join the Air Force and go off and fly airplanes for Uncle Sam and leave. And so I thought, well, I'll just get this degree and I'll get out of here and then we'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. So I taught for three years um, and just, I wasn't meant to be a classroom teacher, mm-hmm. but in the summers I taught swimming. I taught kids how to swim. And that was my true love. Anything working with kids in a recreational kind of sense, rather than a classroom. Yeah. So I went to grad school majored in health, physical education, and recreation with the goal of maybe doing something in parks and rec. Mm-hmm. Then I was married to an Air Force officer, and so lots of moves, lots didn't work out in terms of we'd be someplace and then get reassigned. Yeah. <clears throat> so when we were in uh, Japan, I started teaching swimming in the summers, and that just kind of continued over the summers. And we came back to the US and I started teaching at a base where we were and I thought that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Then I went to grad school and uh, then we went to Germany. When we were in Germany, something happened that totally changed my life. We were downhill skiing. I'm not a skier. Mm -hmm. I was at the bottom of a snow bunny hill when my left ski crossed over my right ski. Yeah, I tripped. And I can still hear those bones shattering in my lower left leg as my right leg went over my left leg, you know, just that awful sound Yeah. and um, totally smashed my leg. Mm -hmm. Very fortunate. We were in St. Johann, Austria, and that's a ski town. Mm -hmm. So they have a orthopedic 
surgeon right in the town. He put a pin through my ankle, set my leg, and off we went. I was in a series of casts for many months. And at that time, they didn't allow you to be mobile when you had a broken leg as smashed as mine was. Mm -hmm. so I was I had to keep it elevated and I wasn't able to do anything. Mm -hmm. When I came out of the cast, my left leg and uh, heel missed hitting the floor by about an inch. That's how much it had atrophied being immobile for that long period of time. And the kind army doctor, I use that term loosely, mm -hmm. said to me, ah, you're always going to have a limp and you'll never run again. I didn't run then, but he made me mad. Mm -hmm. It's not good to tell me what I can't do. Right. So I started to run. After a lot of painful physical therapy, I started to run. And that was 45 years ago. And I have been running ever since. Wow. So fast forward, we, we came back to the U.S., eventually moved to California, and I opened up a swimming school in our backyard in Moreno Valley. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were in an unincorporated area. We finally became a city. We were just in the backyard pool, and I was just passing out flyers in the neighborhood, the kids, you know, mm -hmm. and um, started off that way. A really great way we advertised was had a friend who was a local principal of one of the schools and he would get me the open house schedule mm -hmm. so we would take flyers and put them on all the cars of all the cars that were parked at the parking lot for uh, open houses right because you knew those parents were kind of interested in their kids and since it was on private property nobody yelled at me it was a great way to publicize my business right then we became a city and when we became a city there were rules. There are always rules when you're in a city. We were in an unincorporated area before. So lots of struggles, arguing with the city. I said, okay, we will move. They said, well, you can stay where you are, but you have to get a conditional permit and we're not going to give you one. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. So we decided we would build on a property, build a home with a, a, a big pool attached we finally got them to give us zoning for school. So we built our home and we built a huge pool. And I did that for uh, 19 years. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But then it became a job instead of being fun. I was mm -hmm. having my own business. We grew. We became pretty big. But then I had all these people to manage. I didn't right. really manage people. I didn't like that very well. Yeah. So then it was back to the drawing board. Well, in the meantime, my I just had run recreationally mm -hmm. for um, all those years. Never really, I, I entered a 5K here and there or something, you know, but never really took my running seriously. And somewhere along the line, I decided I wanted to run a marathon. So um, I started training. And about that time, we joined the Amway business. Mm -hmm. And Amway had a... a an association with Neutralite supplement company. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, if I'm going to be doing this, I ought to learn about the supplements. So mm -hmm. I started taking them and I got really fascinated with the whole, never had done anything like that before, the whole supplementing for health idea. Right. And then I, then and it made, and they made me feel better. And I felt like they made me run better. I had suffered from chronic upper respiratory issues, started taking a product called double X, and mm -hmm. those issues went away and I didn't have them anymore. And I thought, 
you know, I think I like this better than being in a swimming pool with 1500 kids a year. (laughs) So I I transitioned business and uh, it's at 58, I guess it was, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I ran my first marathon. Wow. Uh, I've run three since. Wow. Uh, The last one was, um, I'm able to talk about it now. I couldn't talk about it for a long time. It was, um, I was 65 mm-hmm. and um, it was in Athens, Greece. And that was- Oh, wow. That's amazing. That must've been a lot of fun. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, the, the funnest thing about it, it's the classic marathon. It's the one that marathons were named after, you know? Right. And um, that- Talk, uh, talk about old school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you actually finish in the old Olympic stadium. So- oh, wow. Yeah, what a thrill, you know, this five-year-old woman from Southern California running in the Olympic Stadium. (laughs) I mean, not many can people, not many people can say that. That's, that's pretty amazing. It was fun. Yeah. Took two friends with me and, and it it actually ran with me. And then we had a cheering section of five more people, my husband and my daughter, and then some friends uh, came along to, to cheer us on. So it was, it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I think the most fun thing about it was, was the support of the Greeks. Yeah. You, you would think that that would be a really big deal marathon that many people would want to go do it. Yeah. It's actually small. You know, I did surf city and there are 30,000 runners at surf city mm-hmm. marathon and there are three, only 3000 in Athens. Yeah. And, and the Athens Marathon is mostly run by Greeks. Very few international people come. Wow. So the, the Greeks were just all, they lined the streets, they cheered, they were just like fun. Yeah. That's interesting. So was it like when you're, when you're running there in Greece, what's the terrain like? Are you, are you running mostly on flat land or is it, is it up and down hills or? Well, you, you begin in the town of Marathon. And Marathon is 26.1 miles from Athens. Mm -hmm. Um, And Greece is a hilly country. uh, So you're you're just on a two-lane highway a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And at one point, there's this hellacious hill that is just not fun. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was on the hill. And she's, (laughs) she's about three quarters of the way up. And she's, Mom you can do this after this, it's all downhill. Uh-huh. And it actually was, that's probably about mile 18 or 19. I can't remember, but wow. that's when you run a marathon somewhere between 18 and 22 is where you, they call it hitting the wall. It's, right. It just gets real tough then. Yeah. And you go, Oh man, can I do this? Yeah. That's I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, I find I, I hear stories like yours a lot where, you know, you get somebody who's been told they can't do something like you were told because of your leg, you'll never run again. And it just lights a fire in you to say, look, no, um, I'm going to do it. And I think that's in, I mean, if we transition into what you're doing now, the, the coaching and things and the business coaching, that's at the heart of, I think, anybody who's motivated, right, is that fire to have. Yeah. The, the, the passion, right? Absolutely. And if we could figure out what creates that fire, it would be great to bottle, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think what creates it is the people that say you can't. I mean, anybody who says in your family, your friends, even even maybe your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend who says you can't do it, you want to show them that you can, I think. Yeah, and and um, I'm working on a book project right now with R.B. Robinson, as you know. Yeah. And um, the it's the impact of one voice. And in my running life, I've actually had opposing voices. The first one was that doctor that told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. And then I had another doctor along the way because January 1st, the marathon, my first marathon was on the like the 20th of January. Mm-hmm. January 1st, I had to have a total appendectomy. Mm-hmm. So 19 days before my first marathon, I had an appendectomy. Oh, wow. I went into the emergency room, saw a, a doctor, and he said, you need to have your appendix removed. And I said, you can't do that. I have to run a marathon. Yeah. And he said, if I don't do it, you could die. And I went, oh, well, since you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, yeah. So I'm in the hospital doing doing walking laps with an IV because I am determined. This is this is I'm going to run this marathon. Yeah. And the the doctor told me he said he was you know um, I'm a person of faith. Yeah. And and what are your odds on New Year's Day that you are going to get in the ER a runner doctor? Oh wow, he was a runner too. He was, and I, he said. I've done marathons and I think you can do it. Yeah. So we have, you'll never be able to run again with, I think you can do it. Mm-hmm. He told me exactly what to do mm-hmm. so that I would be able to run. And so we had those opposing voices. Yeah. And then, then before my next marathon, and actually before I went to math, Athens, I was water skiing. I don't do well when I put things on my legs and feet Yeah. and um, ripped my hamstring. So I still only have two thirds of a hamstring in my good old left leg. And physical therapist told me you'll never be able to run again. You you will not not run again. They say you'll never be able to run a marathon. So there we go again. Yeah. And then I finally found a sports physical therapist who said, I think we can work with you. You're going to have to change things up a little bit. But I think we can help you be able to run again. Yeah. So you know, people telling you, you can't, but then on the other hand, people encouraging you to tell you, yeah, you can do that. You can yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, cause like I, I don't, I'm not, I don't consider myself a runner. I like to work out and occasionally I'll, I'll run, like I'll, I'll go around the block or, but I know, I think there's a point when you're doing this stuff that, and I, I, I've heard this before that you, your body or your brain is telling you to give up, that you have to stop when you're running. But what really is going on is you actually have another 40%. You, could st- you can still push yourself, but your brain tells you you can't, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're at that 19, 20 mile mark where your body and your brain are just saying, please stop, right? So what, how do you, what is your theory or idea on how to overcome that? Not even on a physical level, like if you're running a business and it's tough and you're failing and you're getting rejected, how do you keep pushing on? You know, how do you recommend pushing through that? Well, um, many years ago, I was doing a lot of speaking for yeah. Kappa sorority and I was working with college students mm-hmm. 
And at that time, I started a personal growth program, Yeah, which I knew I needed to do. I read a book, um, an old book called See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar, and it, ch- it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, in that book, he said to go on a media diet. At that time, when I read the book, it was only TV. So I gave up TV. Yeah. I still do not watch any TV. And I really limit myself with media. Mm-hmm. You say, well, what's that have to do with pushing on? Well, over the years, my attitude has changed. Yeah. So I can tap into those inner resources that I have, plus my faith, yeah. and I can push through. Yeah. Does, it, does it always work? No. <laughs> you know? yeah. Not always easy. Yeah. Now, there's times when I get discouraged, but yeah. you have to guard what goes into your head. Right. And if you don't guard what goes into your head, all that negative stuff is going to come through. I was listening to a podcast this morning and um, Rick Warren said, it's really easy to be negative. It's hard to not be negative. Right. And, and that's so true. Yeah. So, yeah, you you hit walls, you hit walls in business. You, you know, I've certainly hit them running. Um, yeah. But you push through with my swim school, they didn't know what to do with me in that unincorporated city. Mm-hmm. Um, no one had done what I wanted to do there. And it it was a mystery. I finally got myself introduced to the mayor and the mayor thought it was a good idea. And she told city council they needed to figure out what to do with me because I was doing something valuable for the community. Right. But had I not been able, I just kept fighting. Yeah. I guess that's it. You just have to keep fighting. Yeah. Right. And eventually good things will come out of it. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent because, and, and not until recently did I really try to stop watching the news, like watching the news. Like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll read news here and there online, but I don't like actively try to watch the news because I feel like it's perpetuating negativity and it's making people unhappy and less motivated and giving them these blinders to life. So I can completely agree with, with you on that. It, would you agree that's kind of what's going on, especially oh. these days? Oh, my goodness, yes. You know, I and my husband likes the newspaper. I yeah. gave that up, too. Yeah. But I carry it in every morning and I yeah. check out the headlines and <laughs> A lot of times I'll just go, you've got to be kidding me. Why yeah. are they, why are they publishing this? Makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. But it's yeah. to stir things up, I believe. Yeah. And it's funny how sometimes how angry people get, they read and they see things and they get so angry, no matter what side of the political, and I'm not, I don't want to get political, but I'm saying no matter what side that you're on, people are just so angry now, it seems. And, and that's what like bothers me. I think it's okay to disagree, but the anger that's coming out of it is scary to me, you know? Yeah. I think you and I should be able to have a discussion about whatever and not get angry with each other. I have two, two of my best friends are of a different political persuasion than I am. We just don't go there because we, I know I'm not going to change their mind and they're not going to change mine. They know that. So it's like, why, why go there? Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of other things to talk about. Right. And it's more important to be friends than, than divide yourselves and lose that, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you see so much of that today. People are getting angry with other family members and uh, uh, don't get me started on social media. <laughs> no, we, we don't want to go. We'll have, we'll have a whole other hour to talk for that. Yeah. Yeah, we got to limit that too, I realized also. Yeah. Woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jackie, it's been awesome talking to you and I love your message and what you're doing and, and how inspired you are. I think it's great. I think everybody should have the attitude you have. Um, Talk to us about where people, I think you said you have a book, but also where people can connect with you or reach out to you if they want to um, work with you at, at some level. Well, I, I do have a website and it's um, very easy. It's my name with the hyphen between the Jackie and the Phillips. Okay. So it's Jackie-Phillips.com. Okay. You can also find me on Amazon. Um, both of my books are on Amazon. And then the one that I'm a collaborative artist with, it's not listed under me, but all the books are on my website. Everything is on the website, including a link to my latest book, which is a book about faith. Okay. Perfect. It's, and it's, so it's Jackie-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, right? That's correct, Ryan. Great. And you're on uh, LinkedIn too also, right? I am on LinkedIn. I think okay. my, my LinkedIn thing is Jackie Phillips one, if I remember right. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's, there is another Jackie Phillips and she's a realtor. So that would not be me. I don't okay. know anything okay. about selling houses. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, I, I wish you many, many more years of running and health and well being, and let's keep in touch. And if you want to reach out to Jackie, which I suggest you do or get her book, Look her up online, buy a book on Amazon, support her and her efforts. And uh, Jackie, I do hope we can keep in touch and keep, uh, you know, having conversations in the future. I hope so too, Ryan. I've really enjoyed being with you today. Thank you for letting me share my story. That's, it's always fun to talk about yourself, right? <laughs> right, right. I loved it. Thank you so much. And let's keep in touch. Okay. Thank you, Ryan. Bye. Okay. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in becoming an episode sponsor, please email me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thank you so much.